this week on Inside Motorsport, we conclude our chat with James McCabe as Tony Whitlock finds out more about his passion for open-wheel racing and where in Australia it's all gone wrong. this nonsensical thing that in a country this large mm. where travel costs are so high that yep. you're forcing competitors to travel around the country whereas yeah, if you'd make you know have a state-based series as there is and has been post-national championship um, where there's a New South Wales or uh, Queensland and, and Victoria and then have like a festival Will you then bring the top three, four, five, whatever it is, competitors together, rather than forcing them to spend all that money to an airlines and hotel accommodation? Absolutely, yeah. It just made no sense. No, I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Like, I'm old enough to remember the Formula Ford Festival at Winton, which ran a few yeah. years. It was a fantastic event. Just heaps of cars, really competitive cars. Yeah, and it, it served that role almost. As, as you know, whilst there was a national championship, this was also it was like the Bathurst of Formula Ford. It was it was a single event that was that had some kudos and was worth doing. So yeah, so we got Formula Four, and to be honest, Formula Four didn't really hit any of its KPIs. It was supposed to be a slicks and wings car. It, had no aero to speak of. You had to run them virtually flat anyway. There was no data available on the cars. So how can you have you know an aero, an aero car, a slicks and wings car that doesn't have a damper pot? So how do you how are you supposed to tune your your aero? And you know, so as a learning formula, it was it was miles behind Formula Ford, where you know dampers were free, whereas Formula Four had fixed dampers. And as a learning formula, it really failed. Did it get to a stage where cameras had to just say we can't keep on losing money on this? I would assume so. Like we bought a lot of cars, and they never all hit the track at one time. Less than half. Less than half, exactly. And you know they were they were very expensive. They were they were costing. Early on, they were heavily subsidised, but they were costing the 200 to 250,000 a season. But again, you're driving an entry-level car, a car that was in many ways not as good as a Formula Ford, which you could run for 90,000. So it was flawed from the start. And I'm aware of people that tried to point this out at high levels within CAMS who were basically ignored because they were seen as being associated with open-wheel racing and therefore had a vested interest. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Andrew Papadopoulos was of the view that this would be his legacy to Australian motorsport, and um, I don't think history will judge him well in that regard. Okay, let's just, this uh, coming weekend, um, there's a Sandown, there's a, a new category rolling out, Formula Free. Now, myself included, we don't know a lot about this. It's down to the very hard work of Tim Macro, who very hard worker behind the scenes in Australian motorsport, does a great job. And it's he's been asked to just see if he can get a field of cars together. And yeah, with the COVID restrictions, etc., it's sort of, they've just opened it up to basically anything that's it's Formula Libra, effectively, so it's open wheel and I believe some sports cars like V8 Radicals are running. And it's just, let's get these things out and have a run and 
get ready for next Where year. Or, they may not get that opportunity. Otherwise, that's right. They'll they'll spend another Christmas in the shed. Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be should be very interesting. Uh, I was fascinated after doing the uh, five round TRS in twenty twenty conversations I had with a good number of people involved in it to discover mm. that there were certainly attempts made by Toyota uh, or TRS, the series, with cams to actually get some races happening in Australia some 10, 12 years ago. Right. Unfortunately, it fell on deaf ears. Now, when you look at the way in which the Toyota in New Zealand has promoted that category and that now there's probably this year or 21, there may be five or six drivers in Formula One who all did that New Zealand series little running around at Teratonga and Wigram and Manfield and all these sort of strange little New Zealand tracks, and those guys are in Formula One now. Embarrassing, isn't it? It's just extraordinary. Yeah, and yeah, you haven't mentioned guys like Scott Dixon and Hartley and all these guys that have come through the New Zealand system, gone on to do great things. Yeah, look, it, it's, it, it baffles me and it, it, it saddens me greatly that yeah, they're so close to us and they can get it right and we get it wrong in Australia so often. I spoke to, I was there for the, the initial series, I was running a Porsche over there at the time, and I spoke to one of the deaf ears at the time and said, this is a really good thing, yeah, we should get it in Australia. And they said, oh no, we're committed to Formula 3, which I heard what he said, but I never saw any commitment from Cam's to Formula 3 in my... Ian, Ian Richards... I'm sure Ian and I would be hardly in agreement on this one thing at least. It's It doesn't make any sense. Those cars are used for five weeks of the year at parked. You know, so why on earth couldn't we run them in Australia, run and, a, a series through the year? I mean, the great thing which I saw firsthand this year was the way in which Toyota and the, the management of the TRS um, works in that the competitors don't have to worry about the transportation. No, you know, no. They, they turn up at the next race meeting, they're in the containers, they're open on a certain day, and there you go. And the, you know, the competitors um, arrive at the tracks, not fly in, it's drive in, of course, yep. and um, there they get 20 days running in, in 30 days. Oh, and, and so many new tyres. Yeah. You know, like five new tyre sets Practice a meeting or something. Starts, you know, yeah, and, sessions. And, you know, going back to what I said about in the Formula Ford conversation there is no substitute for seat time yeah. you know like it, 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 it then you know it's it, it's beholden to the engineer to make sure that the seat time is valuable seat time and the driver of course but um, seat time in and of itself is is the great development tool for drivers do you see S5000 as being able to help develop drivers? Uh, um, A very difficult question. Uh, I think it will play a role. You know, they're they're a high-powered single-seater, so um, that's a good thing. They've got... uh, They've at least generated a bit of excitement and a bit of bit of feel, yeah, a bit of um, interest in open wheelers again, which you know, we've been sadly lacking. Uh, you know, V8 engines, the Australian psyche, all that sort of stuff, it's really good. Um, I think the cars themselves are almost a non-open wheel, open wheel car if you like. They're, the aerodynamics are 
questionable. Um, the and, and as such, their their international relevance and for a driver who's a career driver that wants to drive overseas is probably a little limited. Um, and they're, they're far too heavily restricted in terms of what you can and can't do to the cars. Hopefully, yeah, there's the scope for that for, for for more freedom to be introduced there and to let let the car let the class develop as a in, in more of a traditional open wheeler sense. But yeah, I'm optimistic of that. But at the moment, I think they've got a couple of fundamental. The car has a couple of fundamental flaws that are that limit its use uh, from a from an international relevance type of perspective. Um, but it's certainly not a dead duck. It's it's something that could be developed into something very very good for, it, for Australia, I think. And at least there's some investment. You know, there's, there's some interest and investment in the class. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it develops and really hopeful that I uh, get to work with the car. Alright, well um, thank you very much James McKay. We'll be looking forward to uh, this same conversation maybe in 12 months time to see if the 21 season runs out and runs out fully. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Alright, well thank you for joining us on Inside Motorsport with James McCabe. I hope you've enjoyed Tony Whitlock's chat with James McCabe here on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.